You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. We here at the Broadway Podcast Network love to promote each other's work. So Mike and I have teamed up to give you a crossover episode of our podcasts. First, we discuss the musical Cats on his podcast, The Wrong Cat Died. And then we flip the mic and I interview him for my podcast, Burying It All with Call Me Adam. So we find out how his podcast and fascination with cats got started. All right. Thanks, Adam. And welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. Now, we've met a handful of times, and it's become pretty clear that you and I have vastly different tastes and opinions on musicals. And that's the main reason why I was interested in chatting with you, because I was told that if I ask you what is your least favorite musical of all time, how would you answer? My least favorite musical of all time is Cats. And why? I, It's my least favorite musical because I did not enjoy it growing up. My whole family went to see it on Broadway and none of us enjoyed it. So how old were you when you saw it the first time? I was definitely uh, uh, under 10. So too young, too young to be seeing a musical that's about murder. (laughs) Probably. And how many times have you seen it? I saw it once. Just one time as a 10 year old. Yes. And that was, for me, that was enough. I mean, was certainly it? my parents were never going to take me back to see it because they did not enjoy it either. So you didn't go back when they revived you. You basically were saying, no way I'm going to see this in 2016. Correct. So was there any part you enjoyed at that? You know, when you saw it as a 10 year old, they probably thought, hey, it's about cats. It'll be fun and and had no idea what they were going to see. Clearly, they all, you know, your whole family hated it. But was there anything that you enjoyed? Any particular number? Any song? The part that I remember semi-enjoying. I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure I did enjoy the cats roaming through the audience. I mean, that certainly was fun as a kid to see the actors so up close and in their costumes. Um, the musical number I would say I enjoyed most was Memory. I, I do remember when um, Betty Buckley was up on that platform and the platform was rising um, that was another part of the show I enjoyed. Um, but I did love Memory, and that definitely was my favorite song from the show and, and a song that I continued to listen to all, throughout my whole life. So you weren't scared when they were roaming through the audience, flashing their eyes at you, jumping from behind. Like you, That was a part you enjoyed, not scared you as a 10-year-old. Yeah, yes, I enjoyed that part very much. That's, that scared me as an adult. <laughs> So, okay, so you enjoyed Memory, which is, you know, the, the one song that really came out of this. Um, let's, let's kind of flip this a little bit. If Cats is your least favorite musical, what's your favorite musical and why? Like, what is it about musical theater that you enjoy? And, and what's your North Star for the listeners to know? Okay, so my all-time favorite musical is The Who's Tommy, and which is like complete opposite, uh, although a very heavy subject because it's all about... Um, child molestation and incest and all of those 
deep, heavy topics. But so, so let me let me cut you off real quick. It's very clear how little I know about Broadway. Um, okay. Explain to me this show for someone who has never heard of it. Okay, so the Who's Tommy is based on the 1975 album that the Who, the rock band, put out. And it was also a movie first uh, with Tina Turner. Um, she played the... Um, uh, the the um, gypsy queen. So the show's about the boy witnesses the mother and her lover arguing because the father has come home from war and they, she wasn't expecting him to come home from war. The husband and lover fight. Uh, one of them gets shot and then Tommy witnesses that and they tell him, you know, never, never mention this to anybody. So basically he goes mute and his uncle then comes and babysits him and molests him. And then he goes even more quiet and he just doesn't respond to anything. And they spend the musical trying to figure out what's wrong with him. But yet he has this, um, um, what's I going to say? Like affinity for pinball. And he becomes known as the pinball wizard because he Mm, can score very high points and, then they finally, uh, he finally comes out of his silence and, um, you know, towards the end of the show and it's sort of like he gets cured and um, they they all live together. So you and, prefer a musical about a mute who's a <laughs> pinball wizard over cats? Well, I'm going to... Uh, wait, let me rephrase that. A mute that's been molested by his uncle. Oh, well... Let me explain a little more as to why it's my favorite musical. So growing up, I was not a fan of The Who. My brother was a huge fan of of the group, and he really wanted to see the show. I had no interest in seeing the show because I didn't like the band. But my parents took us to see the show, um, and I just loved the music. I mean, I was also young then. I think I was I was just over that age of 10 mark, you know, you know, not quite a teenager yet. So I didn't really um, understand a lot of the heavy stuff that was going on. I basically just saw a kid, you know, play pinball, but I loved the music. And uh, when I left the show, I mean, I just remember leaving the show, singing different songs and enjoying the, the music. And so it like, it transformed me in the fact that I didn't, I had no desire to see that show I went. I loved the music. I I loved the the actors, the the power of their voices. So by the end of the show, I was like, "This was incredible!" And I just felt like it transformed me the way a Broadway show should, where you may not want to see it at the beginning, you may not going into it, but by the end, you're loving it, and you love the magic that has happened in those two hours. And so, is it all music from the Who? Yes. Okay. See, I would enjoy that. Did you go to the Green Day one, the Green Day musical? Yes, I did. I wasn't a huge Green Day fan, but I did enjoy the show um, from from what I remember. And what about like Rock of Ages, which is just straight 80s songs? I did not get to see Rock of Ages, even oh, though see, I love 80s music. Um, I, I loved Rock of Ages, but I also know... I don't know how Broadway people feel about it. I know as a fan who just likes the music, it felt like a concert to me, which was fun. Um, and they served jello shots and, you know, it was a good time. 
but from- I don't know. I, I'm not a Broadway expert. I really, you know, I go in just trying to be entertained and half the time I walk out going, I have no idea what I saw like cats <laughs> and other times I have no idea what they were thinking making them. And then there are ones that I really enjoyed where I'm like, oh, that was just mindless and entertaining. I mean, from what I from from the people I know who saw Rock of Ages, I mean, they loved it and they went back several times and uh, they couldn't get enough of it. Okay, so let's go back to Cats, though, because really that's the only thing I know about Broadway at this point. I've seen some more stuff, especially since I moved to New York. But the reality is I know the the story of Cats better than most uh, at this point. So did you have a favorite cat when you saw it? Uh, Not that I remember, although if I had to think back, I would just naturally assume it was Grizabella because I love memory so much. And did you have a least favorite cat? Um not not that I remember. All the rest of them? I would say yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, what about the movie? Because really the the genesis of my podcast is is because the movie was coming out. So did you see the movie? Uh if so, what did you think? I did see the movie. Uh it was two hours of my life that I could not get back. Um, I did not enjoy it because I, I felt I felt the whole movie was just introducing one cat after the other. I mean, there was, there was no storyline. And if there was, I completely missed it. Um, I will say, though, I mean, I certainly thought the actors were, were uh, very good in their performances. I did enjoy certain performances like um uh rum tum tugger's performance i loved his show i mean i thought james corden was very entertaining but as an overall movie i did not enjoy it okay so let me let me give you my take here for this because i think the fact that you loved the who musical which again never heard of so now i'm interested because i love the who so that's great music sounds really interesting but the premise is about a kid that's mute that got molested so that is kind of a little part of the cat storyline so my theory is that mccavity monkish trap demeter are a little bit of in that relationship and mm-hmm. if demeter and mr mistopheles are together then that could be an uncle with McCavity. So I think there's a little bit, there's a lot more parallels to the story, to your favorite musical than you think. Mm. That is an interesting point about it that I did not pick up on. And Rum Tug Tugger is basically Pete Townsend. Yes. Yes. I, I went with Rum Tum Tugger because he does like to be the center of attention. And usually if I'm, if I'm somewhere or, I mean, I do love to be on stage. I love to entertain people. So I do like to have the spotlight on me. So if you were playing a cat, which cat would you play? I mean, I probably would play Rum Tum Tugger because I, I will say out of all the numbers in the movie, his was my favorite. Jason Derulo, big, yes. big Jason Derulo fan. Yes. Okay. So my whole podcast is basically arguing that Grizabella should not have died at the end of the show. And that as great as memory is, look, there's better choices out there. So do you agree with me um, that Chris Bell was the wrong choice or will you defend her? 
Um, that's a good question. I I would say um I don't really know which way I would go on it. I I think in some respects she might have been a good choice, but I also feel like there could there could be other ones. I mean, I I I do maybe think um just because he was such a bad guy that like him and his henchmen could have died because I mean, they did lure cats to, to like, I guess it was like hell, um, you know, which is, you know, they, the cats that they lured were just kind of like innocently out there. And then all of a sudden he's like, come with me because they think they're going to get a better life. And then they get basically trapped. So do you think that dying at the end of the show is actually a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, well, if it was the evil cats, I think it would be a good thing for the evil cats to die because they were so reprehensible. You probably are just happy the show ended, right? Well, that too. I mean, <laughs> that does signify the end. But um, I think that's why Memory was your favorite song. It's because it means the show ends. Yes. Although it, it wasn't really my favorite in the movie. Um, I, I mean, I think Jennifer Hudson has a phenomenal voice and... I love anytime she sings. I just didn't like the choices that either. I don't know who made the choices as to how she sang it in the movie. Um, that style of how she sang it just didn't sit well with me. You don't have to dance around it. A lot of people hated the movie. Okay, good. <laughs> Did you? I okay. I would have not sung memory that. I would have not sung memory that way. Like when I, I mean, the one thing I will say is like, I wanted to hear it sort of how everybody knows it. And that was a disappointment because I thought I, I do think she could have done a beautiful, beautiful job with it if the approach to how they had her sing it was different. Yeah, agreed. 100 percent agree. So, OK, so you are in my camp that Grizabella was not the right cat to die. Um, yes. All right. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of that. So now. Let's flip the script and allow you to host your podcast and interview me. Okay. Well, you came to New York City in 2016 for a job. You you were living and growing up in Indiana prior to that. And you also had never seen a, a Broadway show prior to coming to New York. No. Um, so I had seen a couple. Okay. Um, we had taken trips with school, family, and we went and saw some, you know, some pretty standard things like Jersey Boys back in the day. But Indiana gets five traveling Broadway productions a year. Um, uh-huh. And I went, usually went to probably two or three of those with my mom every year. But I rarely went to what I would consider the classics. Um, I would go to either stuff that was really interesting that I was interested in as like a high schooler or stuff that no one else in my family wanted to go to. And so it defaulted to me. Um, and so with, you know, cousins and my sister and and my dad and other people, um, we had two tickets to the five shows as a season ticket holder. So when I got to New York, I, you know, I realized that I could go any night of the week, basically. And I lived pretty close there. My I was in temporary housing right when I moved and it was literally in the middle of the theater district. So I kept thinking, why do I not go see these shows? They're they're here. They're performing every night. Um, and so that was when I decided to to try to to 
understand and appreciate like the classic Broadway stuff because mm-hmm. again, I don't I don't know much. I, I really most of the time I, I had seen a movie version of it or a little bit, but I just I you know, I didn't even know really much about any of these shows that you listed. So was was Cats um the first classic you saw upon arriving in New York or did you see Phantom before that? No, I've still never seen Phantom, still never seen Les Mis. Um, so, so I did a really bad job of doing this. I ended up seeing a lot of the stuff where the lottery tickets or something ended up like a play that ended up uh, pretty easy. Cats happened because the, it was reviving in 2016. Right. And I knew Leona Lewis was going to be Grisabella. And I have a friend from college who I consistently tell her that this entire podcast is her fault um, <laughs> because she works uh, on Broadway. She works uh, in stage production and with a bunch of different shows. And she somehow, I don't know if it was one of her shows or how she ended up, but she basically is like, great, I got two tickets to go see Cats. Let's go. Um, and it was the Saturday before, it was the second to last preview. And so I was told it was at that point, I didn't know what a preview was. I mm-hmm. didn't know what any of this meant. It was a Saturday matinee show and I decided to go. So Cats was like your first classic Broadway show that you saw. Yeah. First one that I would consider, you know, I'd especially on Broadway. Yes. Anything else I had seen, if I even saw it, I don't remember much about it. Like I remember we went to New York for a school trip and we saw Thoroughly Modern Millie. Oh, I and love that show. I would say that's like definitely my top five. I, I couldn't tell you a single thing about what it was. I don't remember a single thing about it. It was oh I was God. too young and it was just the show that could fit, you know, 30 students from Indiana. <laughs> right. Because it was at the Marriott Marquis, which is one of the bigger theaters on Broadway. Oh, that makes sense. I don't remember. I literally don't remember anything about that. Plus, I would say for students, that's a pretty safe show. You know, they're not going to be exposed to um, a lot of bad language or suggestive scenes or yeah there's not an uncle molesting a mute basically exactly exactly but that was the sh- that was like the breakout role for Sutton Foster that's okay. really what put her on the map and she was I mean that whole cast was just so delicious it was Sutton Foster Gavin Creel um uh, you can keep naming names, but this is like gibberish to me. I think you know that, right? Yes, yes. I just wanted to put it out there. I just wanted to name <laughs> for, drop a little bit. Every, for your name drop for everyone else, and yes. I'm sitting here like I don't yeah. know. I don't know who that is. I should. I maybe I should, but this again, this is not my my world. I mean, at this point, you should. Do you watch Younger on TV Land? No. Oh, okay. Because yeah. Sutton Foster, they're going to their seventh season and final season. Sutton Foster's on that. Do you know Hillary Duff, the singer? I, I do know Hillary Duff. Okay, so she's on that show too. Uh, Peter Herman, who's uh, Mariska Hargitay from SVU. Okay. Her husband, her. he's on that show. It's a phenomenal so, cast. Miriam see, Shore, could, who's a theater I could name person. The, I could name probably 15 players on most basketball teams, but I don't know any of these names. Well, that I, would I be know the, a couple of them. That would be the difference. I would know maybe one or two of the basketball players that you yeah. mentioned. <laughs> that's, why, that's why our podcasts are very different. Yes. <laughs> So, um, bringing it back to, to Cats, so did Cats make you excited to see other shows or did it deter you a little bit for fear that the shows would be a similar catastrophe? Well, let me let me tell you a little bit more about what happened that day. So, okay. I woke up that morning, the tickets were at Wilkall, and my friend was very, very sick. And so, I had been living in New York for maybe, I want to say three weeks. I knew a few people. 
from college and from, you know, just various parts of my life that lived in New York. And I have an hour to try to convince someone to come see it with me. Wow. And um, I, I finally, I, I texted a few people and I was like, I'm not going to text any of my new coworkers or anything like this because <laughs> saying like, hey, you want to come see cats at 12 o'clock on or two o'clock, whatever time it shows on, on a Saturday when it's pouring out. So I ended up just going by myself. Um, and I didn't drink or take drugs or do anything. And so I left just mesmerized, um, in, in every fashion of the way. Like I, I didn't, I never read about what these musicals are before I go in. So unlike you, I, I generally don't have no idea what the story is or what is coming. I remember I saw fun home, um, had no idea that that was not an uplifting fun story. I, <laughs> I walked out going, well, that was, it was very well done, but just not what I was expecting to see. And that's kind of how I felt about cats is that it felt like an acid trip, but I, I wasn't prepared because no one told me to take drugs before. Right. right. I mean, I don't typically read reviews before I go see a show. I, I actually choose, I mean, as an adult, I will say I choose a show more based upon who's in it than, than what it's about. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, I would say, it's not just a review of if I've heard it, heard it's good or bad. Sometimes I don't even know the overarching theme of these plays. Yes, yes. I try to at least find out generally what it's about, but sometimes I do just go in blindly because I just, I don't care what it's about. I love the people who are in it. Yeah, I did that with, I think it was called Blackbird, the one with Jeff Daniels. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was real dark. Oh, um, to, to Kill a Mockingbird? No, no, I saw I saw that too, but it was... um. I think it was called Blackbird. It was something where basically Michelle Williams and him are the only two characters and she yes. confronts him about him molesting her. This is a theme with this episode for us. I yes, think. <laughs> it is for some reason. <laughs> but I I had no idea what that was about. I just thought like, hey, this is the guy from Dumb and Dumber and Michelle Williams. Like that should be cool. And then you walk in and all of a sudden, like five minutes in, she's talking about how he basically molested her as a child. And so I started to, I, sh- I should read more about what these musicals and plays are before I go see them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so you at least know what to. Just a broad theme. Yeah. You know, like I don't need to know everything, but just kind of have a decent idea of what I'm seeing. Right. So you might know what emotions might get sparked. Yeah. Because unless show. it's a, a big play, like, you know, like I knew going to see Dear Evan Hansen, what I was getting myself into. Right. Which was phenomenal i love that musical yeah it was it was uh tiring as a as an audience member i was exhausted when i left oh yeah it's so it's there's so much emotion in that show that yes you are exhausted when you leave priceline presents go to your happy price what's up it's kaylee cuoco when it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy 
your happy price, Priceline. Febreze is a proud partner of Can't Cancel Pride. However you choose to express yourself, Febreze has the perfect scent to make your home even more fabulous in your own unique way. Have an amazing pride from Febreze. So, so let's just uh, go back to cats for a moment. So how did you, so you found someone to come with you? No, I went by myself. Oh, you I went sat by yourself, you said, sorry. Two empty seats. I was sitting next to two nuns and two people that were um, not from the, like two international people that, that really didn't, they weren't talking in English at all during the thing before, during, um, during intermission. And, uh, but they loved it. Those two were eating it up. So they, oh, you wow. know, makes me think that knowing the language might not matter, uh, in cats, but, um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I just had two seats. I threw my backpack on one and, um, they were really good seats cause I think they came from the theater, but, um, but yeah, I was very grateful. I was not on the aisle because the, the green eyes, the first number where they're in the crowd that, that I'm not, a, I don't want to be a participant in, in a play. Mm-hmm. I like to watch and that would have scared the hell out of me. It did scare the hell out of me, but it would have really scared the hell out of me if I was on the aisle. Yes. Yes. Understandably. So now after you saw it, were you excited to go see other classic shows or were you a little nervous? I don't say, I don't think I was a little nervous. I, I still kind of stuck to what I had been doing before, which is I am at the epicenter of Broadway, you know, like the, the best of the best. Like I do appreciate just like when I see a professional sports game, you're seeing the people at the top of their field. Mm -hmm. And I do enjoy that aspect of, of Broadway and in general. So um, I haven't, I still haven't seen a couple of them. So I don't think it's like, oh, I got to rush to, you know, to the theater to see these, but it definitely didn't stop me from, you know, wanting to go see more shows and, and still being interested in Broadway. Well, that's good. That's good. Cause sometimes it can, I mean, I have met people in my life who are like, oh yeah, I saw it and I didn't, not necessarily cats, but they saw something on Broadway and they didn't really love it. And it sort of has deterred them from trying out other shows. So I'm glad to hear that. Um, it still makes you want to see other shows. Yeah, I just think when you're in New York, you have at your fingertips, and usually for, you know, if you if you're willing to kind of get tickets day of, and you can get you can get pretty really impressive and good deals on these incredible shows. I mean, again, you're you've interviewed these people, you've met these people. Like these are the best of the best at what they do, and I, like I just find that really cool to watch. Um, and live live everything is to me such an impressive feat. So I will, you know, I'll go see pretty much everything. But now I'm at least a little bit smarter walking in. I have some idea of what what's happening. Yes. Well, that's good. I mean, I do love a live show. I, I remember when I first started working in Broadway, I saw I saw more theater when I first started working with group sales than I had seen prior to growing up because we would go in, come into the city maybe once a year to see a show. And um I remember the first time I went to see a movie after working in group sales and I left the I forgot what movie it was, but I just remember leaving disappointed a little bit because there was no, there wasn't that live action happening. And yeah, you get a little spoiled yes. when you're in New York and you get to see them, you know, whenever you want. Yes. And I actually stopped going to movies for a while because I didn't have that, that live experience that the theater had for me. And the tickets are pretty much the same price. Right. Especially now. Yeah. (laughs) 
So how long after seeing Cats did you come up with the idea to host your podcast? So right after I saw the musical the first time, I was writing a newsletter blog kind of thing for just very small for my friends and family at home because, you know, moving from Indiana to New York, you, a lot of stuff people just accept as real as life in New York are not normal. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was as a fairly observant person was seeing stuff on the subways and just walking around the city that I'm like that wait, we're just going to be okay with that. Like in New York and and you do, you become immune to it. I've been in New York long enough now that I just walk by it. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's just a Tuesday. Right. Um, but early on it was, it was appalling and very, um, for me entertaining and interesting. So I was, I was writing a very short, here's how things are going at work. Here's what it's like living in the city. Here's what I did. Um, and again, like there's so many things to do like Broadway and, um, live, live interactive theater and all kinds of stuff. That's, um, that is is available in in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So this was the first time where I, instead of writing any update, I just wrote about cats. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me I used to write a sports based humor column in college, but this was a I, I went back to that roots of where I'm just I'm just going to go back to that style of writing and I'm going to just really go after this show. And it was mindless. It was fun. I think, you know, I've sent it to a few people uh, at the network since um, because I really enjoyed it. But it got I got known within my family and friends in Indiana as the person that they either thought I hated it, which I think is an overstatement, or they thought, like, I'm the cat's guy now. Like, I'm the one that knows all about this. So when the trailer for the movie came out and nearly broke the Internet, I had probably 25 text messages of people sending it to me and I just decided, you know what? I'm going to make a joke about it. So I posted a joke on social media where I was standing on a stage giving a speech not at all related to cats. And I just posted, Grizabelle was the wrong cat to die. Welcome to my TED Talk as the joke. And that was when um, the wonderful host of the theater podcast with Alan Seals, Mr. Alan Seals, podcast dad, reached out to me. And said I should make that my podcast. And so I originally said, no chance, no way. I'm not doing this. Like, I don't know anything about this show. I don't know any of the characters' names. Like, I remembered Mungo, Jerry, and Rumple Teaser because that was the one song that stuck that got stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, all right, let me try to write an episode. And I wrote the very first episode about Old Deuteronomy. And I, while researching the dark, dark, dark web of Cats fan fan fiction, fan everything, I found so much information and it was immediately just blew my mind. And so I realized it'd be very interesting and entertaining to break it down. But since I don't know anything about, you know, again, the the actors and the people performing and who wrote it and why, I just decided to break it down as, as the plot. And mm-hmm. so I still, to this day, you could tell me somebody from the original production, name names from the production you saw, um, people from the other 2016 revival. And I'll be like, who, who is that? I have no idea. Oh, they played McCavity. Okay, great. I have some questions because here's how, here's what I think about McCavity. And that's where I'm at. I I learned about, um, Gilbert. Gilbert was a cat I learned about this week, Mm -hmm. which I found was fascinating. So I'm going to break down a little bit about Gilbert in my, uh, episode number 13, but it's, it's to me, like every time I click through there, I found 4,600 pages devoted to cats on the Wikipedia fan page. Wow. That's incredible. 
I mean, it definitely evokes, it, I feel like it is not the only one musical, but it definitely is one of the top musicals that evokes such emotion for people. And and I do sort of agree that people either, they either love it or they hate it. There is no in-between. And, and I know, I, I'm pretty sure you've touched upon that in some of your earlier episodes about how you either love it or hate it. Yeah, I don't think there's a middle. I mean, there's your version where you saw and just was like, get me out of here as fast as possible. <laughs> and then there's people who want to see it a thousand more times. Um, I, I might be a little bit in the middle of where I'm fascinated by the the writing and the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've only, I've only seen it twice. I saw it, the 2016 revival on the preview. And then I saw it one other time in that run with a friend who came visiting from Indiana, who was really, really dying to see it. And so we went back and it was almost exactly a year later to the date. And um, uh, maybe Paris was Grisabelle at the time. And it was uh, another wild experience. I did have alcohol before that one, though. So I was a little <laughs> bit prepared. Now, from from hosting your podcast and all the research you've done on, on the show, I mean, what have you learned about about cats? Do you feel like there actually is a story there? So I think there's definitely a loose interpretation of it. Um, and it's kind of more fun. I think intentionally it's left very wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the part I've enjoyed most of doing this podcast is as I've talked to some of the members of the 2016 revival, the different direction that they got from the choreographers, the producers, everyone that was working on the show is just fascinating. You know, you're hearing them tell stories about how they were writing their own backstories to, to make sure that they really got into the character Mm -hmm. and then they're trying to make it their own in these different versions. And so I think there's some more depth to it uh, than, you know, there's obviously a lot, a lot there, um, but it's also very open to interpretation, which I think was intentional. But I have re- I've just enjoyed trying to figure out some of the nuances that if you accept some of these rumors and theories as fact, it mm-hmm. paints a really, really strange picture. <laughs> um, and that's been hilarious to me. Um, when you really dig into the different characters, if they're related, if they're, you know, they're with other cats, if they're, you know, if they should have had this, you know, why did they disappear? Um, and some of it I, I can... I'm guessing, because again, I don't really know enough about how theater really works. I'm guessing some of them because they just needed a dancer in the opening number <laughs> and then they needed someone to play that later. So they just, they changed. Um, mm-hmm. And other times I'm sitting there going, well, maybe if I read into the story, there's more to that. Here's how I can interpret it. Is is there any, um, is there any fact you found out from hosting your podcast that shocked you? shocked me um no i mean i just i've been trying to figure out the family tree Mm -hmm. and it's very clear that there is not one because there there's no way to like there's only a couple that have been confirmed by productions which you know that's an an actor or somebody saying it you know in a in an interview before after Mm -hmm. um but I would love to see what that hierarchy looks like if you tried to break it down. So that's the part that I think I've been most shocked about is the more I dig into each character, because most of the time I don't know much about the character until I start researching them. And then mm-hmm. I tie it back to, Oh, well, if I, now that I know this about that character, um, here's what this would say. 
and mm. it gets really it's a really dark web that you can weave in and out of these characters are there other broadway shows uh where you feel the wrong character has died similar to how you feel grizabella was the wrong cat to die so i don't know enough about like when people die at the end like most of the shows i'm just i'm usually exhausted by the end and so if somebody <laughs> dies at the end I'm, I'm i'm usually at that point right the one that i think and i've only seen it once and i never have never seen it on broadway i saw the production traveling um wicked is kind of an interesting one mm-hmm. it is definitely uh if you kind of break down there some some uh nuances to that story um but i don't know if i'm i'm not qualified to tell people that i would have wrote this show differently um even as a parody so mm-hmm. I've enjoyed it for cats because I don't think anybody has a consensus on what cats is supposed to be. Right. But there are going to be people who have legitimate opinions about other shows that I'm not the I'm not the person to give those answers. Yes. Yes. Understood. Understood. Uh, well, if we have time, uh, do we have time for a quick game? Sure. Okay. So let's play a game called "The Wrong Cat Died," which is in honor and celebration of your podcast. Okay. So since cats have nine lives, if there were nine different productions of cats where a different cat died in each production, who would you kill off in the order of production? So basically the first production is the first cat you would kill off and the ninth production would be the last cat you would kill off. Ooh. Okay. So I have, I have ranked them in the episodes. Um, so I can try to dig up. But I actually have how I've scored them, but I don't think if I if I want to be a little bit more fair, if I just had to say like if I was doing this today mm-hmm. and giving it without the who's most deserving and who who I like enjoyed most, here's how I would kind of go about this. Okay. So ranking them, dying is a good thing in cats. So whoever I'm killing off first means that they're the, they're the best. Mm-hmm. So I think the most deserving. Um, if you really do the, if you do the research, the most deserving is Gus. So Gus, I would say is probably the first to, to die. He's the one that's got the biggest fan backing on being the most worthy. He's one of the older ones, mm-hmm. you know, he's done a ton in his life. Performance is really good. Um, and then Ian McKinnon in the movie was, was great. So that would be my number one. So I'd say number one's Gus. Number two this this is just personal choice now. Um, I would say it's probably two and three are Rum Tug Tugger and Mr. Mustafelis in mm-hmm. some fashion together. They they are they're just I would love for them to die together, like Bert and Ernie. Like to me, they <laughs> there's a lot about them being a uh, a bisexual relationship. So I think those are two and three. Mm. Four. I really really enjoyed. Mungo Jerry and Rumpel Teaser. Um, it's one of my favorite songs in the show. And it's one of those performances where the dance number is just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I rank them higher than they probably deserve to be ranked. But I would put them as number four. Number five, I would probably say should go to probably Skimbleshanks. So he's got a pretty interesting story the tap number is impressive um i like the fact that they build a whole train on stage during that production during that that song so i'm a fan of that 
Five would be, I'm going to put pretty close to the middle, Old Deuteronomy. I don't think uh-huh. Old Deuteronomy should be allowed to die as the judge. Um, so I think it'd be a little unfair to give yourself, you know, the reward at the end as the judge. Um, but he's also another older cat. That's that's pretty, pretty great. Um, six, seven, and eight, I'm going to lump together because I'm not a fan of really any of them for dying, okay. but it's going to be Jenny and Dots, Buster for Jones and McCavity. So McCavity is probably at the end of that, but the Jenny and Dots entire song weirds me out. Um, it's about mice and cockroaches tap dancing. The movie version was even weirder. So I was not a fan of, of that entire, entire song. Um, and the whole, just the more I researched about it, just it's a, it's a weird one for me. Buster for Jones is, is a pimp basically that goes to strip clubs. So it seems kind of hard to reward that. Um, (laughs) and he's not technically a jellicle cat, I don't believe, or he was out of the tribe. And then McCavity is obviously the, you know, the, the, the bad cat, he's the antagonist. So, um, so he should be eight. And then ninth, I would say would be Grizabella. Um, and then like 90th, you know, we have to go way more down, which is, you know, that'd be that, that much further down would be Peter. Hmm. That's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting rank. And I, I sort of like how you did it. So thank you for playing. I probably ranked them differently when I wrote the episodes because I, I gave it a lot more thought and theory. So this is just more about how I personally would rank them and enjoyed them. Yes. Well, that's what I would, I would want your personal take. Because my, I ranked the highest Tug Stoffelys mm-hmm. or Tug Offelys. It depends on how you say it. There's, there's different writings online. Um, but that's that to me was my number one. But if you really break it down, Gus is the most worthy. Have Have you thought of reaching out to um, any like diehard cat fans to bring them on the show? So I've talked to a couple. Uh-huh. Um, my the Instagram DMs I get are some of my favorite things because they're all really funny. They're really great fans. Like they the people really enjoy the show, and so they enjoy cats. Like they have opinions on it, um, and they're they're really nice people. So I have talked to a couple. I think the thing I'm, I'm more interested in doing, but I don't know how to accomplish it is I don't think children should see this show. I just, mm-hmm. I just firmly believe it's really dark um, and really inappropriate when you, when you break down the fact that, as I just said, bus for Jones is, is going to see strip clubs. Like that's written in the song. Right. So I would love to hear a kid's version of like, you just saw it what, you know, you're 10, how do you feel about it? Mm-hmm. And I'd love to interview uh, someone who, who just walked out of the theater seeing a, tra- you know, they're tra- it's still traveling. It was supposed to be in Indiana right now, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, around this week, but it's obviously on hold uh, with the coronavirus. But right. I would love to see a, you know, a teenager or someone who is there because they're cats, not because of the story and whose parents thought it was okay to bring them and hear what the kid thinks about it. Awesome. So how do we follow along to your podcast on social media? How can we find you? So on social media, you can find me at call me Adam NYC and on the Broadway podcast network, you could find my podcast at bearing it all with call me Adam. Amazing. And I am on Instagram at the wrong cat died and you can find me on the Broadway podcast network website uh, under the wrong cat died. Terrific. Well, this was so much fun. 
Yeah, it was great to to chat. I'm I always love hearing the differing opinions of cats, so it's it's nice to hear someone who hated it and <laughs> you know and and never wants to see it again, but still loves theater. So I, I'm I'm uh, always enjoyed uh, chatting with you. Well, same same here, and I love your take because you don't come from the theater background, so it's nice to hear how you first of all have sort of embraced this show and broke it down from a different perspective, but also how you still love to go see shows and, and the, the stories behind as to why you want to see them. It's so much fun. Yeah. I'm excited to go see stuff when, uh, when everything's back online. Yes. We can't wait. Awesome. Well, thanks Adam. It was great chatting. Thank you, Mike. And thanks everyone for listening. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him, had him, with for the business of show. Call me Adam.com. Thanks for listening. For more Call Me Adam interviews, visit callmeadam.com. And follow me on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Call Me Adam NYC.